Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. You know, I like to punish myself, you know, because I'm a bartender. You know, I picked the Sunday morning time slot because, you know, I, I bartend late Saturday nights. And, you know, I feel like getting up early rocking this. You know, I know it's a little bit later for you East Coasters. I'm joined by Justin Bruni, our fantastic editor-in-chief at the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. How you doing today? Doing good, doing good. I, I know it's Sunday. I mean, it's a little bit later for me, a little bit more early for you. But you know, this is a this this is a day that we get on our knees and pray to our religion, the yes, NFL. Absolutely. Let's go. Yep. Sun, Sundays I have off in the restaurant business due, due to religious reasons. Uh, <laughs> I do this, you know, so I, during football season, but I just continue it yeah. on during the off season. This is my Saturday. You know, this is me kicking off my weekend. I uh, I have off Sundays and Mondays, so nice. happy to be here, ready to talk some free agency. But before we do that, I am just going to sh- give a shout out to WinBet. Win really quick. They bring you the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-day parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. All right. Like I was saying, we were going to be talking about some free agency. It is right around the corner. So I figured we'd dive in, do some positional analysis. Everybody mm-hmm. starting off with the quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a little bit, you know, the quarterback's not an exciting. It's not a Russell. You know, Russell Wilson got traded and everything. I don't anticipate mm-hmm. any giant moves like that. But we do have some big names on the slate here. Maybe starting off with Daniel Jones, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of course, it's not typical that first round quarterbacks, that, you know, coming off a great year, hit the market like this. But the Giants clearly were surprised with how well Daniel Jones played last year. Um, yeah. And he had a fantastic year. You know, um, it was what do we have here? Uh, commanding maybe north of forty five million dollars. It was reported. But then that was mm-hmm. maybe, you know, rumored maybe not to be the case after the fact, you know. Rooney, do you have any any thoughts on Daniel Jones? I know, you know, he's rumored to maybe go back to the Giants, maybe on the franchise tag. Right. But, you know, there's he's certainly going to have yeah, some Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, well. to, lead, to lead off here. Yeah, unfortunately, to lead off here, I have a pretty bland take that he's most likely going back to the Giants. I think that him and Brian Dable were obviously a good match last season. And I feel like it may be difficult for him to kind of replicate the type of season he had this year with another team. So I do have Giants at the top of my list, but I do have some, you know, dark horses that I think could still be in play. A la the AFC South. They need some QBs down there. Texans, Titans, um, Colts. Now I expect the uh, Texans and Colts to address the quarterback position in the draft, but do they want Dan Jones to kind of come in and maybe, you know, fill the gap while they coach up a, a young QB? Not so sure. I, not the plan that I would go with, but that's a very quarterback-hungry division. Um, those are like my, my dark horses. After the Giants, though, I do like the Packers and the Panthers. I think those are offenses that he would fit well in. Both teams have kind of turned into like run-first committed offenses, so I feel like he could play well into those uh, combinations. Obviously, we would need Aaron Rodgers to leave. We would need the Panthers to you know kind of get a little bit more aggressive with the quarterback market, and they've been – a little bit more quiet as of recently, I feel like. But uh, again, they're going to need to get into the mix. So again, I think it's the Giants. Kind of a bland, boring take there. I do think that they're probably going to tag him and just get a more, you know, a, or a better feel, I should say, of you know what he can do in year two in the Dable offense. If he takes a big leap forward, great. Then he'll get a you know a bigger extension next summer, probably higher than the forty-five million that he's asking. So again, 
not a very sexy pick, but I think it is the right pick. Yeah, you know, I I agree. You know, it's it's hard to it's you know it's nearly unheard of for the for you know a team to let go of a quarterback you know ascending young quarterback like that that they drafted in the first round in free agency no less so you know i i anticipate them to tag me you know and that's the smart decision um you know daniel jones has only shown us what he can do really for one year you know he's had his moments in the first couple years you know he was a turner you know i Mm -hmm. use a fumbling machine you know that's what i that's what i refer to as daniel jones that i you know josh allen had some of the little daniel jones in him a little bit at the end of last season um, but, you know, he fixed that this year. He fixed up the turnover issues. He played really smart, especially, you know, considering the wide receivers he was thrown to. You know, I think he does deserve a chance to see what he can do, maybe with some improved wide receiver core. And, you know, there's no reason to think he can't be, you know, really be a successful fantasy quarterback. He had over 700 rushing yards last season. And, he, and you know, we know that's a cheat code in fantasy football. So, you know, even if his uh, passing numbers are, state, you know, kind of pedestrian, you know, he's locked in for a good, a great fantasy role. So, I'm excited to see what he can do this year, but I do agree it is smart for the Giants to franchise tag him to see what he can do one more year. Do you see that can you know? Do you see that success sustaining going forward? You know, he didn't have many wide receivers like we were saying last year, but you know we've seen fluky years. You know, we've just seen you know maybe quarterbacks just have their you know day, and then maybe you know some film gets them figured out and everything. So, you see the success continuing, especially if he returns to the Giants. Yeah, I mean, they have a ton of cap space. So even if they spend <clears throat> enough to tag him, they should have enough to still bring back Saquon and probably add a piece to the offense, whether it be a tight end, whether it be a receiver. But, I mean, they're kind of a poor rich man at, at the receiver position. You know, they've got Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, Darius Slayton had a nice reprise last last year. He had a nice little, you know, little bounce back season. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with the tight end position. I think that's something that they could address in free agency that'll be far more uh, captivating to their roster than, say, you know, restarting at quarterback, having Brian Dable have to, you know, completely start from scratch with a brand new quarterback. Um, so I think that they could be in, into that market. And yeah, I see this team taking a step forward. I mean, it was just year one with Brian Dable at the helm, uh, better and simplistic play calling that minimized uh, turnovers and you know just produce a more efficient offense for Dan Jones and the Giants. So yeah, I, I feel like the project is going well so far, and they're probably going to continue to take uh, take another step forward in this division. I, I tend to think you're right, and I'm I'm hoping so because I've, I've sent out some offers for Daniel Jones. I've got him for you know mm -hmm. I think I sent out the. I think I sent out the 110 or 19 or 110 a, a week or two ago and I got Daniel Jones and I'm willing to buy him at that least first round price, you know, maybe mm -hmm. even pushing into that 1718 pick, getting a little pricier than that makes me feel a little nervous. Uh, I don't know if he, you know, I would put him, you know, above Anthony Richardson in a draft probably, you know, especially when we don't have that draft capital yet just in a vacuum right this second, definitely ahead of Will Levis. Um, you know, I don't know if he's in that Bryce Young, CJ Stroud though territory yet. So we will see what happens. You know, it will. I likely see him returning to the New York Giants, though. You are correct. Next up here, I have Derek Carr, who is a new free agent. You know, uh, unexpected, you might say, especially when Josh McDaniels came to town last year. We thought, you know, Derek Carr might have his best season to date, but um, that was not the case. Despite finishing 11th in pass attempts, pass attempts, he was 19th in fantasy points points per game four straight years as a kind of a low end middling quarterback too. Uh, you know, only really valuable in super flex leagues, passing, you know, passing touchdowns, always kind of an issue, you know, and that didn't change last year with Devonte Adams, poor mm -hmm. under pressure. And, you know, he had a solid, solid supporting cast last year. So, you know, he's kind of, you know, I've seen some jets and saints rumored recently. Is there a place that you see Derek Carr, you know, you know, as, you know, getting over this quarter middling quarterback to hump, 
you know, maybe getting to quarterback one, or do you see kind of this no matter where he lands? No, I mean, I think that he's in a very good situation right now to pick, obviously, where he goes. He's going to be able to, you know, kind of tailor the situation to best suit his abilities and, you know, what he can do on the field. We've already mentioned the Saints and the Jets, obviously. He's visited those places. He's been in the building. He's been talking with them. So they should probably be towards the top of the list. I don't love those locations, those landing spots for him. I prefer the Falcons. I think that's a very good situation for him in, in Atlanta. They still have the eighth pick that where they could build around him and attack the draft. Um, you know, if they want to be very aggressive, they could go after a top receiver or move back and take, you know, um, a position player that they feel is going to be available. But I like that start. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, even Tyler Algier. I don't think that it feels like they may not be going shopping for the running back position. Maybe they go out and get Derek Carr and another receiver. They also have a ton of cap space. And I feel like they're a move or two away on defense, you know, from really pole vaulting up the division, which shouldn't be that hard. Like, I feel like this division should be sought out by Derek Carr. It's pretty favorable. The Bucs just won with an eight and nine record, you know, and that that team has their quarterback retiring. So the Bucs were the, the next team I had behind them. And again, like I believe that the, the, the Jets and the Saints are players here, like they're going to be active, but everybody knows those teams. So I got the Falcons and the Bucs behind. Uh, the Jets and the Saints, just because I feel like those situations are very good. Obviously, with the Bucks, you still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, I, I know everyone's you know pooping on Leonard Fournette, but he still finishes an RB two. They've got Rashad White there; he's up and coming. Like they've got some good weapons down there. Um, I'm not sure, you know, about the maybe the push forward for Kate Otten, but you know they have a very interesting offense. I don't Russ Gage. I didn't even mention him, right? Like they have some depth there. So that's that's a favorable landing spot. I like the Falcons. Really, that whole division. Give me anywhere in the NFC South. I think is a good spot for him. And and we know Derek Carr likes warm weather. He is notoriously poor in cold weather conditions. And mm -hmm. yeah, the NFC South would would do him favors there. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I know. didn't mention Carolina, but like, does that do they feel like a player for you for for Derek Carr? They they haven't felt like they're. It, it doesn't like, again, feel like, like been in those conversations. It doesn't feel like that's the direct. It feels like they're going to get a young quarterback if they're going to do it. It doesn't feel like it doesn't, you know, they don't feel necessarily like next year is going to be their year. So I, I, you know, Derek Carr feels like more of like a, you know, kind of a band aid. You know, maybe if you're the Falcons, you may take that route if, if you're not impressed with Will Levis or Anthony Richardson mm -hmm. with the eighth pick and you don't feel like moving up in the draft at all. Um, you know, I think I still think that's a possibility for the Falcons as well. But yeah, you know, I just don't see. Any situation, you know, I, I like that for the situation for the Falcons, Patrick, for Pitts and Drake London, I think some consistency in that offense would be good for them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't love it for Garrett Wilson and the Jets. I don't know if that improves his stock at all. And yeah, I just don't see it any place that Derek Carr, you know, any of these landing spots he goes where he's more than he was last year. I just don't see him getting past that quarterback to hump, you know, productive super flex quarterback. You know, you're fine putting him in that super flex position, but he is not going to win you any leagues. Let me let me ask you this to the to the Bucks. Who would you prefer? Because I've heard this name floated around the the Buccaneers, uh, Carson Wentz or Derek Carr. Like for your Chris Godwin and your Mike Evans stock, who would you prefer go there? Probably, probably Carson Wentz. You know, I just feel like you know he he's going to be a little bit more willing to you know heave it up to Mike Evans a little bit. I just you know uh, especially Mike Evans. I feel like we'd do better with Carson Wentz. Chris Godwin, a possession receiver, would probably do well with either one. You know, you might even say he would actually do better with Derek Carr. But overall, I think Carson Wentz a little bit more prolific would probably be a little bit better in that offense. But mm -hmm. that neither of those are attractive options. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, these guys are gonna 
land on new teams. They're going to be starting quarterbacks week one, and we're going to have to adapt to those situations with the other pieces around them, right? So we will see. Yeah, it, this is going to be a little bit of a carousel this offseason. You know, I've, I've been saying, you know, I think the Bucks maybe should just go with trash, see what they got, and then you know, not, you know, not, you know, not push their cap strapped issues right. in, down the line anymore. I think they need a little bit of a reset. Take this year as a rebuilding year. Come back strong in 2024. But if they're rebuilding, don't wouldn't that be more likely for them to dish off of Mike Evans, Leonard? Yeah, Fournette? that's what I was going to say. You know, uh, yeah, Fournette and Mike Evans maybe don't you know, fit into that mold, so maybe they move off of those two. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Godwin, you know, should be good for the foreseeable future. You be, you know, you could hang on to him. Right. Baker Mayfield is the next man I have up here. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if he has. You know, I don't know if he has much besides you know deep super flex leagues. You know, in a spot start, or you know, if you, if you're strong everywhere else, you're starting Baker Mayfield in the super flex spot. But you know, he had a strong. You know, he had he had, was very productive. You know, game manager for the Rams last year. You know, brought some steadiness to the offense when it was a disaster. After uh, you know, just. Mike Matthew Stafford wasn't healthy in the offense, just wasn't performing. Uh, yeah, you know, sh- you know, shorter pocket passer, you know, not super mobile, not going to add anything with his legs. So his, fa- you know, his fantasy value, you know, probably isn't that great, like we were saying. But he's a capable super flex starter. Thirty first in QBR though last year, 29th in yards per attempt, 18th right. in accuracy rating. You know, pl- playing good is relative to, to for Baker Mayfield here. So. He's going to be on a fringe starter. You know, somebody might bring him in, you know, just for as a bridge quarterback somewhere. Uh, some of those names, teams that I've seen, Steelers as a backup to Kenny Pickett and the Saints, and then coming back to the Rams as a backup as well. But is there any destination maybe you see him, you know, maybe the Tampa Bay or anything like that, maybe making a play for Baker, May- May- Baker Mayfield, bringing him in as a potential starter? Nope. He cleared waivers, meaning no one wanted him. No one wanted him for free, right? So the Rams got him. I think he stays there. The dark horse that I have, other than the Rams, is Miami. I think him and Mike McDaniels, I think they get along. I think that they need a better backup than Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. They obviously showed that last year. And a backup role, I could see him going down to Miami. I think him and Mike McDaniels would have a, a lot of fun calling plays on the sidelines. Hold, yes, hold the support. Two short, scruffy guys, you know, getting Smoking together. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, perfect. That, that's great. I, love, I, can, I can see it now. Uh, Baker, you know Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean he had. I, I think he's a capable backup quarterback in this league. I don't think he's right. going to be a starter anywhere other than maybe spot starts or a bridge quarterback down the line here. But I think I gotta, that's probably smart. I got to ask you, me and me and uh, a Rob, we got a we got a side bet. I got Marcus Mariota as a Week One starter. I, this is a prop bet that I won last year. I won last year, and I picked it like kind of around similar time frame, like right before free agency. I said. Marcus Mariota will be a starter NFL week one. Who is more likely to be a starter week one, Marcus Mariota or Baker Mayfield? You, I, I, we've had, you asked me this. I know we, I know you asked me this at some point, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I get, I'm, I'm going to go Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is a more likely starter. I I know you, I know you said Marcus Mariota. I just don't, you know, the way he ended last year so mysteriously, just kind of disappearing from the Falcons. I, you know, I know he he quit. (laughs) He said, said, screw you guys. I'm going home on the IR. (laughs) He's not good enough to do that. Marcus Mariota is not good enough to be like, I'm too good to be the backup quarterback here. You know what I mean? So I just don't, I I just don't see him walking into good standing anywhere, you know, starting quarterback, you know what I mean? So unless he went, that's the case. Unless he goes somewhere like the Fal- the Fal- uh, not the Falcons, the Arizona Cardinals, where 
Kyler Murray yep. may not be back week one. Now that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I could potentially see that, but I don't see him unless the starters like shell back to the Titans. <laughs> that's back to Tennessee. Even, and that'd be smart. Ryan Tannehill could get benched at some point this year. So yes, you could trade or, or traded. Um, so, you know, signing up with a poor quarterback somewhere is not a bad choice. You know, to, you know, Miami Dolphins, you know, to uh, with those injury concerns, not a bad choice mm-hmm. either. We will dive into my last quarterback here. I have up though, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, this is my, uh, you know, one of my, probably my second most intriguing option. I think here, you know, possible destinations, Raiders, Houston, Buccaneers, Jets, you know, he's mm-hmm. just, I think he's a starting caliber quarterback in this league with a bad injury history. For, unfortunately, he was fourth in yards per attempt last year, uh, second in pressurized completion percentage. Um, still just was 16th in QBR, low end quarterback, too, for fantasy purposes. And, but, you know, um, capable of playing up to the situation, I would say. So, uh, you know, I think somebody's going to bring, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be a starter somewhere, I would think. You know, I think he's going to take up one of these big name spots here, you know, whether that be the Jets or the Bucks. Something like that, you know. Do you have a favorite? Do you have you have a favorite spot? You just all? you just nailed them on the head, buddy. Bucks Jets. That's what I wrote down. Bucks Jets. Okay. I did. Yeah. I mean, I I did write down the Colts as well, but it's again, it just feels like that's a position they're prioritizing at the top of the draft. No reason to have you know Jimmy Garoppolo come in and compete with a guy that's just going to take over the job in at, at minimum a year. You know, if they don't do it right away. So I think the Colts are a good pick just because. Um, like that area is, is very close to, you know, he's, he's from Illinois, but he played for Eastern Illinois, Eastern Illinois and in, in Indianapolis, they're very close. He has, you know, kind of a following in that area. So, and, uh, better on taxes as well. Certainly, certainly keep more of your money than playing for the jets. Um, but the bucks also fit into that as well. They are a non income tax state as well. So the bucks, I feel like are a good situation because I personally don't believe that they're moving forward with Kyle Trask. That's just coach talk, you know, that they're just, you know, they're, oh, we're good. We're fine. We don't need to sound desperate when it comes to making trades, making deals with free agents that are going to be more expensive. Like, I feel like they are going to be more timid in the market. They're not going to be very aggressive whatsoever. So where others are going shopping for Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, the Bucks will go shopping for Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz type of type of level. Okay. I, I like that. You know, I'm not. I guess the, my one concern about Jimmy is I, d- I don't know if he like anywhere he goes where he elevates the situation, maybe to the Falcons oh, yeah. where, you know, it's where maybe with the Falcons, you know, it's a little bit better for them, but you know, I don't mm-hmm. see, I don't see him going to the bucks and improving the fantasy outlook of, you know, the team of them. Right. I don't see him going to the jets and improving the outlook of Garrett Wilson. So that that's my concern, but I do think he is a super flex starter, not a quarterback. You're going to be considering in one quarterback leagues, but valuable in super flex leagues. And then, you know, I think he's probably go, going probably at a really good discount right now. You know, if you're in a mm-hmm. dynasty fantasy football league, send out maybe a mid second, late second for him. You probably got a starter on your team. Before we dive into the running backs really quick, I just want to give one more quick shout out to our pals over at WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, a, aka WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. 
Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also going to shout out the SGPN merch store. The SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get your friends shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodies. I've been a big fan of the hoodies lately. I'm not a hat guy. You know, I, I don't like to put a hat over this hair. Never have, really. You don't look like a hat guy either, Justin. I don't see you wearing too many hats. No, I need you a are. Hat, bro, this thing is. This thing. I've seen like the. I've seen like the 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 bandana that you have on a lot of your pods. Sometimes that's fun. Yeah, that's but fun. no, it's 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 no good, man. Like I need I need a haircut like yesterday or a week ago. Yeah, it's it's too long. So a lot of days, man, I wake up, man, you know, I, I don't want to put the maple syrup in my, up in my hair like this. You know, I just got to throw on a hat, you know. I've never, you know, I've never been a hat guy. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of the hoodies. So check those out on the SGPN merch store. With that, we will dive into the running backs. First man up here, leading off the class, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. The, the, one of the most talented, if not the most talented running back in the league. You know, free agent. You know, with an injury history, he means a lot to the Giants, though. And that's kind of, you know, is it is it a good idea to spend a lot on the running back position? Maybe not. But Saquon Barkley is kind of as a team leader. It means a lot in the locker room. You know, do do the Giants feel pressured to bring back Saquon for that reason? Um, Packers are uh, not Packers. I have the Patriots, Bears and Texans as potential, you know, de- other destinations for him. Uh, you know, commanded a huge opportunity show last year. It was actually healthy. Um you know, not overly, you know, he's never been an overly efficient runner. You know, and the uh, Giants offensive line was a lot better last year. And he's he's just never, you know, he's kind of a boomer bust runner. Just just 21 in breakaway run weight last year. And the receiving work just decreased a little bit. So um, extremely talented, but sometimes makes some questionable decisions when he's running the ball a little bit. And we saw that receiving work decrease a little bit last year. I still think he's an elite fantasy running back. I still have him as a top five dynasty fantasy running back. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, you know, there is there's these concerns with the injury history and um, the efficiency metrics. You know, do you see, you know, is, is that sustainable anywhere he has going forward? You know, is there a destination that is, you know, particularly good or particularly poor for him? The best landing spots for Saquon Barkley will not get him paid. So he can easily get himself into any offense where he can be that guy where you can just check him for a top five running back season. But again, that's not going to get him paid. If he wants a top five running back season, he can go to the Chiefs, no problem, on a discount. He can go to the Bills on a discount. He can go to any prolific offense in the NFL and be a top five guy. Now, where is that going to fit where he can be that good and also get paid what he's worth? And there's only two teams I have, and that is the Giants and the Bears. The Bears have been a run-first offense. They've put up more points last year than they probably put up in the three years prior combined. Their offense was prolific. Their defense was not. Saquon doesn't play defense. So that should be fine to bring him in, but I still think it's between the Bears and the Giants. The Bears have the most cap space. The cap is going up. I'm not sure if that's already happened or not, if that boost has come in. If it does after you know today or some point in the upcoming weeks, then the Bears are going to be over $100 million in available cap. And they will be able to offer him a ridiculous contract. Now, it's really just to me, you know, what happens with Dan Jones? I think that's the big thing because I feel like Saquon, you know, and Brian Dable and Dan Jones, obviously they showed they're a good tandem, you know, last season. The the offense was better. 
Saquon was a huge, huge part of that. Now, are they going to give him what he's worth? I think they do. I, I think they do. And I think it's really just going to be a bidding war between the, the two teams. And, you know, Saquon Barkley's agent, it's time to work, buddy. Like, you know, time to get the, the, the biggest haul that you can because this money is, you know, it's generational type of stuff for Saquon Barkley. You know what I mean? Like his kids, kids, kids are going to eat off of this money. So I think he's going to make the decision that's best going to behoove himself. He's already had years where he's put up monster numbers. I think he's going to go get the check. As a running back, you probably should. Uh, you know, no one's counting your Super Bowls as a running back typically. And, as you know, that then obviously money is a lot more scarce than most positions. So I, I think that's probably smart to go ahead and get that money if you're Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, the one, one thing I would question is, you know, just with a running quarterback, you know, acquiring and spending so much money on a running back, is is that smart in today's day and age, you know, to kind of create such a run-centric mm -hmm. heavy, you know, offense where you're going to be running, so you're going to feel pressure to give Saquon Barkley 20 rushes a game, right. and then Justin Fields is going to be running too. You know, is that sustainable in today's NFL? You know, obviously maybe the Bears don't plan on getting to the playoffs next year, you know, and the Eagles have done a good job at that. But, you know, how do you like that? You know, how, how do you see that for the Chicago Bears offense? Well, I think it's actually an important aspect to have. I think especially if you look at today's NFL, I think you look at some of the rushing quarterbacks and you're just like, man, what if they what if they had another threat in the backfield? You look at Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders this year. Look at the year that Miles Sanders has. I know we're going to be talking about him pretty soon here. He had double digit touchdowns after coming off a one touchdown season like Obviously, Jalen Hurts leaping forward was hugely impactful to his value and his production, right? And you still, again, look at that Eagles offense, which I think is kind of like you know a very good blueprint for what the Bears could do this year. You have that QB1 that's going to take that immense leap forward in the passing game. You now bring in some more weapons to surround him to you know make the offense a little bit more simplistic. I'm not saying for the Bears to go hire Nick Sirianni by any means, but you know get you that big that big. Um, you know, possession receiver like an A.J. Brown, get that field opener like a Devontae Smith. And right now, free agency is just looming with all these opportunities. And that's why I think this, like, because both quarterbacks, Dan Jones and um, Justin Fields, are running quarterbacks. Justin Fields is more of the run first guy for sure, right? Like, I think we would both agree that Dan Jones' passing acumen probably just a smidge ahead of Justin Fields right now. Justin Fields, that's probably his biggest offseason opportunity is to develop the passing game. He'll still be running first a lot next year. Uh, he ran for, was I think it was over 1,200 yards this season. I just don't believe that that hurts. I think it only helps the offense when you have you know a dual-headed running game because let's say you let David Montgomery walk, then you have Saquon. You're still bringing back Khalil Herbert, who you know the dynasty community is absolutely buzzing about, and then Justin Fields. That's a three-headed running monster. Now you add in another free agency wide receiver to the mix of Claypool, to Mooney, to even dare I say Cole Komet, I'm you know I'm not I'm not driving that bus right now that's for sure. But even Cole Komet, like you 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 know put yourself in a very good position you know accumulating all those weapons. And I still feel at the end of you know or at least the start on paper this year it'll be a better situation than the Giants because they may not they are not most likely going to aggressively pursue a higher end wide receiver if they're spending their money it's going to be on Dan Jones and it's going to be on Saquon. But to the, the to the running question, like I feel like it works. Like there's plenty of um, you know opportunities where we've seen this with uh, like Lamar Jackson. We've seen we saw what type of um, turnaround that brought to the running game and all the benefits that that offered their running back. So I mean, literally, like any one of their running backs is an RB one any given week because the defense is always accounting for Lamar. 
So like Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, any any week they could just absolutely break out because the defense is overcompensating for what they feel is the best runner. Yeah, you know, I and I also think any any improvement for the Chicago Bears offense around Justin Fields is will be better for him. You know, yeah, you're gonna have to spend that money somehow. So you put that money to use and Saquon Barkley, you know, it's not don't save it, please. Oh my god, do not save that money. <laughs> yeah, I mean you have you, they legally make like there's a rule in the NFL you have to spend almost all of it now. Like so they have they literally they literally have to. So I wouldn't worry about it. You guys are gonna get some good players, you know. I you know, trading hopefully for a wide receiver for uh, Justin Fields, too, maybe potentially on the table. We will dive into Josh Jacobs, though, who is coming off of a 2,000-yard season. Who would have thought, you know, coming into the year, Josh Jacobs, I mean, I, it was ridiculous, uh, especially on underdog fantasy. Josh Jacobs going as the, like, the RB30 at, like, mm-hmm. like at one point. Awesome. I was like, oh, what? Like, what, what, why? Like, how? Like, I get it. Josh Jacobs is, wasn't sexy. You know what I mean? But this guy had finished as a top 15 running back each year. You know, I was just scooping him up at, every, you know, almost every underdog last year, and it, and it really paid off. So, Hall of Fame game, baby. Remember? They made him play in the Hall of Fame, and everyone and that, lost that their was minds. The yeah, that was the narrative. So, Samir White's team because of that. And then it was like, oh, Amir Abdul is going to get receiving work over, you know. <laughs> why? Like, you th- like, why? Why would that? Why? You know what I mean? So, um I, it didn't make much sense to me. So, I was a beneficiary of having Josh Jacobs on a good amount of teams last year. Um, but yeah, uh, he does rumored actually, you know, I was reading some reports, you know, the Raiders and Josh Jacobs do have some, uh, mutual interest in getting something done. Uh, number one in rushing yards last year, eighth in receiving yards. You know, we saw some of that Alabama, uh, receiving work coming back to us. Number three in fantasy points per game. Uh, yeah. So I see Josh, you know, Josh Jacobs, that was a career year in my opinion for Josh Jacobs. I don't know if we see 2000 yards again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think he's a very good running back, you know, maybe for another year or two, you know, he's not an, you know, an incredible talent where I see him pushing into his late twenties, but I do think he has a lot of tread on those tires left, very young running back still. Uh, but yeah, the Raiders are a potential destination. I don't have like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little, you know, I don't have another great spot. Uh, you know, the bears, I guess would be another potential destination. Do you have any uh, favorite potential spots? You know, one ones maybe that wouldn't be very good either. Least favorite spots, I guess too. He's getting tagged. He's not leaving. Okay. The Raiders okay. The Raiders are going to absolutely throw this dude under the bus because he just had this amazing season, like you'd said, over 2,000 all-purpose yards, right? And now probably like the biggest opportunity for, for him to like get a generational contract similar to what Saquon Barkley could demand on this market, he's going to get tagged, he's going to regress this season, and he's never going to get the window again. It sucks. Yeah, that's what they, they – sh- I mean, running backs have to – I don't know. They need to fix the running backs uh, for the con- – you know, just like they, they play this horrible position. You know, it's, it's pretty – it's very important on the football field, but it's just such an injury risk and they fall off. So I, quick, NFL I, teams get away with not paying anybody. I am not an advocate of the franchise tag. I think it is the most ridiculous Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's the most ridiculous tool that they have, especially the situation that I just laid out. Josh Jacobs just had the best season he's probably ever going to have. He will not get paid for it. He's not going to, you know, make up for it financially, right? So next, I mean, again, I guess they could let him walk, but why? Like it for the Raiders, it makes sense to tag him. I don't like it, but it does from a business aspect. But we just saw what like the Packers just restructured a couple of contracts and freed up $28 million. That's a contract. That's a con like. That's two contracts, four contracts. Like, what do you do? Like, what are we talking about? It's so easy for these teams to just make money, poof, appear out of nowhere 
by just giving someone their signing bonus, just paying them ahead of time or restructuring literally half of a contract into a bonus. Like what? Like the rules that they're allowed to play with are just so fast and loose. I, like, I just don't know why they need I mean, a franchise tag. I mean, you can, yeah. I mean, they can kick, they, I mean, they can kick it down the line to, yeah, they can spread out a contract for over 10 years. You know, we'll pay this guy three, right. you know, three million against the cap for t- next 20 years. You know what I mean? So they, they so, all do stuff like that. So, so why do you need a franchise tag then when you can just poof, make money appear? Like it, it doesn't make any sense. It, it, it's just a form of, you know, controlling contracts and not allowing players to have leverage. I mean, well, Lamar Jackson getting tagged that's bullshit like the most important position like bar none like if there was a rule change that's the first position that gets taken off the list is quarterbacks for how important they are the 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 health risk that they have to put themselves at like I'm sorry we've never like yeah we saw what happened with DeMar Hamlin that was a freak accident right but look at like Joe Theismann Alex Smith level injuries you know what I mean like the only thing I could compare to those guys is maybe like um johnny knox of the bears you remember when his like back bent like literally in oh, half yeah like in backwards like an accordion you know what i mean like it's a super dangerous position yeah you can play it for a very long time if you if you do it right if you stay healthy you know i, I honestly just stay lucky but like that's a terrible situation to be in and, and obviously in like lamar scenario he's going to absolutely get taken advantage of because he's trying to represent himself like it's so many advantages go to the owners. Like, who's even running the NFLPA well, these days? The, the whoever does the uh, you know the negotiations every ten years or so for the collective bargaining agreement. The NFL has the worst ones for, of, out of any of the major sports negotiations. Always. So, I mean, for the yes. NFL players at least. So, I do feel for him there. Uh, you know, is but so I know you say Josh Jacobs just had his best year. You know, where do you think he settled? You know, where do you maybe see him in the dynasty landscape? You know, where do you see him settling in? Is he still is he mid-tier running back one, low-tier running back one? I think he's probably the back-end RB1 territory right now. Okay. I just think that there's just so many of these young weapons coming up. Like, who would – I would rather have Bajon Robinson over him. Like, oh, right? yeah. I yeah, mean, exactly, Bajon exactly. Robinson's my RB1. Just RB1. On, on the board, just RB1 in dynasty? RB1 in dynasty. Absolutely. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's where I'm at with Bijan. Okay. I was this I mean, aggressive. That's... I was this aggressive with Saquon years ago. Now that maybe okay. you can argue that didn't pay off for me, but I was. I took Saquon Barkley in, at one four in a couple startups that year, nice. and you know I was very aggressive on him, and people made fun of me. Um, then that was the year that Todd Gurley was going right beside him, and Odell Beckham Jr. was still like the number one asset in uh, fantasy football. So you can say that didn't work out for me, but I'm in the same boat. Uh, the only players I would take in a one quarterback, but there's a lot of quarterbacks, you know, I would take over Bijan Robinson and super flex mm-hmm. one quarterback. I would take Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase, maybe CD lamb. Maybe okay. I, I, maybe that's a, CD that's lamb. a little rich for me for, for CD, but I, I get it. He's really young. I get it. I like CD lamb a lot. I think, you know, mm-hmm. past uh, those two top receivers, I think there's a large gap, you know, I think between those top two and the next player, but I do have CD up as my next guy there. Maybe yeah, even John Robinson, depending on the landing spot. But with that, we will dive into my next player. You mentioned it before miles Sanders, uh, man, mm-hmm. he had, he really tailed off. You know, it seemed like it was, ha- we were going to see a real strong miles Sanders year. You know, he was having a great fantasy season. And he real just tailed off at the end of last year. Really bad uh, playoff run. Uh, final five games, including the three games in the playoffs, never over a 41.5% snap share. Uh, from weeks 15 to 18, his best fantasy finish was RB37. Uh, 
yeah, just you know wasn't used at the end of last year. Didn't didn't particularly fall off in any efficiency metrics or anything like that. We just saw the offense just shift away from him a little bit. Uh, so clearly, he's probably not. I know he's he's petitioned Philadelphia. You know, I don't care what you do with me, bring me back. Uh, that's what he's saying in media recently. But uh, mm. you know, Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, he probably will end up somewhere else. And I think that would be beneficial to him to end up somewhere else, uh, you know, just being, you know, getting out from the Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia has never used him to his fullest capabilities. Uh, do you have any, you know, maybe favorite destinations and, you know, maybe where you see him fitting in the dynasty uh, fantasy football landscape? Yeah, I definitely see him taking a potential uh, team-friendly contract to stay in Philly. I think that should definitely be on the table. It doesn't feel like the Eagles are going to be – you know, super aggressive outside of the draft for a running back. I don't think that they're going to play the market. I think that they will draft their next running back. Um, it just, you know, do they want to bring in, you know, that running back to be a, uh, mixed in with Boston Scott and Miles San or I'm sorry, and Kenneth Gainwell, or would they maybe let Boston Scott walk and, you know, bring back Miles Sanders on the cheap? That's what I would do just because you had so much success with them in the offense last, last season. And there's not going to be one running back that's just going to demand the ball you know, with volume over the rest of them, including Jalen Hurts. Um, the only other destination other than the Eagles that I put down was the Broncos. We've heard that Javante Williams could be uh, sidelined well into the start of next season. And I think that that situation is going to be very interesting uh, with um, obviously Sean Payton at, as a head coach. They brought in Joe Lombardi, I believe now to be the offensive coordinator. I think that team is going to pass a lot. And I think that they could use Miles Sanders uh, well in a rotation, you know, whatever the rest of that rotation looks like with uh, Williams still sidelined. I just think that Williams and Sanders once healthy would make a very good tandem. And we've seen Peyton utilize multiple running backs with efficiency in the past. I think that would be a good landing spot and uh, somewhere where he could, he could get, you know, a, a friendly contract. I like all those picks. Uh, yeah. It, it, Denver would be very interesting with Sean Payton, a little bit of revamp, you know, supplementing, you know, Javante Williams likely won't be back at full strength most of next season. So yes, going to Denver and intriguing, you know, maybe the offense improves quite a bit. So, but yeah, I see Miles Sanders is more, you know, it's really desolate past the top, like 20, like 18 running backs, six, you know, 15 running backs in dynasty, especially if you don't include the without including the rookie class. So, mm -hmm. you know, he fits somewhere in that back end RB two range, which is, you know, that, which isn't saying much actually in, in dynasty terms, in my opinion, you know, right. um, I would, you know, he'll probably slide even further, probably in RB three territory as we include the rookies. Agreed. So, you know, I see him, you know, maybe, you know, worth maybe mid, mid to late second in value, depending on where he lanes, you know, especially, you know, he's, he's not someone I'm, you know, you push to acquire right now. This isn't the time you acquire running backs like him wait a little bit more closer to the season. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if somebody had mentioned uh, the Patriots for Barkley, that could make sense, too, for Sanders. If they move on from Dame Harris, I, I could see him supplementing that role. That would be that. Now, that would just be this Ramondre Stevenson torpedo, you know, that torpedo to his value. Just, of course, that's exactly what Bill Belichick would do. I don't, I don't think uh, I don't think it does. I mean, I, honestly, like I've been a little bit lower on Ramondre for like best ball so far. Just because yeah, he's I'm kinda, only twelve. I, yeah, I yeah, that that seems a little bit high. I yeah, I, I I'm in I'm agreeing with you there. Um, just haven't been very aggressive with him, and I thought I was going to be like I was like I was kind of excited, but you know I've been drafting a lot of uh, like Travis Etienne at that same ADP over him. I'm a little bit more excited about that offense with the Jaguars. So I'd like to see some dominoes fall in New England before I start getting excited about you know the prospects of getting their guys. We will see, you know, the Patriots love just ruining running backs' fantasy careers. That's what they do. But, 
Before we dive into the wide receivers, I am going to give a shout out to our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. We are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And we are back, everybody, for those listening to the podcast on other platforms. We just got done with some getting some other great shout outs. We also uh, you know, want to thank you for watching on YouTube and make sure to subscribe. Uh, Give us a subscribe. That would mean so much. It helps us continue continuing to bring you this show and everything. You know, if you listen to this on Apple, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five, uh, you know, if, if you enjoy the show, giving us a five star rating and, uh, you know, writing a review, we would love that as well. We are very appreciative of you for all who have done that. Uh, but yes, we will dive into the wide receivers. Uh, you know, this is not an exciting wide receiver class. You know, there aren't a lot of names, unfortunately, for Justin Fields and your Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there there are some productive names here. Uh, I will lead off here first with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, you know, coming off a, a productive year in Kansas City, 933 yards, just three touchdowns, though, wide receiver 27. Strong stretches of production, strong uh, stretches of, you know, being in the background as mm-hmm. well. Um, my, you know, had a tapered off toward the end of the season. Wasn't having a great playoff run until the Super Bowl. Seven catches for 53 yards. Some big catches, though. So uh, he did leave a, you know, a, as a Kansas City Chief fan, he left a sweet taste in our mouth at the end of the season. We, we right. remember because of the Super Bowl, we remember fondly Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, not likely, you know, just being a possession slot guy, he's not likely to command a lot. That's just not what what people pay for in the league. It's not mm-hmm. likely even to command a lot of money in free agency. However, uh, you know, he was very productive in Kansas City, you know, uh, kind of resurrected his career, as A.J. Brown alluded to with Patrick Mahomes, which is a funny, you know, a quick side note. If you haven't seen Juju Smith-Schuster trashing uh, that guy who held him mm-hmm. and online and then getting absolutely smoked uh, by A.J. Brown online, you know, it's, it's worth checking out. But, um, you know, Justin, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think we know what he is at this point. That that Those first couple of years, that first year at least, was a fluke season playing with Antonio Brown. And now, you know, he's more of probably more of a wide receiver three kind of guy. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, in my opinion, his fantasy value coming back with Kansas City Chiefs would obviously be best for his fantasy value. What do you think? Yeah, I think that would be best for his value, and that's the first uh, team that I have on the list here. I think that they'll bring him back for – another team-friendly contract, if not the same value, like $10 million. I, I think that's pretty fair off the season that he just had. A couple of other teams that I put down here were the Vikings and the Browns. Vikings, I feel like, are going to be a little bit more hungry at the position, but not willing to spend big money. Obviously, you have Adam Thielen on the way way down. I don't know how they that's feel about... I don't know how they feel about Jalen Naylor, about KJ Osborne. I like those guys. Like I've I've actually stacked them up on a couple of uh, dynasty teams just to kind of see what happens there. If they don't, you know, play the market whatsoever, I think that those names could be fruitful returns down the stretch of the season. Maybe not to start the year, but you know, you wait for an injury to happen, like an Adam Thielen Thielen injury. Um, if something were to happen in their running game, you know. You have Madison, you know, most likely leaving for free agency. So if Cook was hurt, like where, who do they lean on, right? I feel like they could go more vertical. And I think Juju in general just would want to be 
in a pass-heavy offense. I think that's what he was pursuing when coming to Kansas City. So if you know the numbers aren't working with KC, I think Minnesota could be a decent value. And then you know this is the the revenge play, going back to the AFC North, going to the Browns. I think that they could use some help at wide receiver. I'm I'm not saying that it's a like he'll be light years better than DPJ by by any means, but I think adding that depth, like supplementing you know another like kind of veteran receiver for you know Kareem Hunt, who I think is going to be on the way out. I think would be a good idea for them. I think that they should probably play that market. And I think that Juju is kind of like an adequate target. Like um, another guy that I have on the Browns that we're going to be talking about is uh, Alan Lazard. I think both of those guys are kind of comparable to what they're going to demand contract wise. And teams don't have to like be overly aggressive trying to pursue them with contracts, right? Like, but they would be good fits in that type of offense. I like that, especially the, the, Vikings pick. I like that one a lot, especially playing opposite Justin Jefferson, you mm-hmm. know, bringing, you know, playing it kind of brings back Antonio Brown vibes, you know, playing opposite another elite receiver, you know, right. was very fruitful for Juju Smith-Schuster in the past. He, you know, he'd be facing some softer coverage. That's a good pick. I like the Browns too, playing with elite quarterback, just like Patrick. Mo- we'll see, you know, Deshaun Watson, I call him that. Just like him. Just like, you know, he, he, <laughs> he was until he, he wasn't fits the mold. He fits the he, mold. Deshaun Watson, you know, you know, that's for pod for another, you know, we, we could talk about that's a whole nother topic. We'll dive into another day, but I think he's in due for a bounce back. You know, he finished the QB five, three straight years right, yeah. as, uh, you know, we could talk about it, you know, just discarding who he is as a human being. I think, you know, he's in for a big, you know, a big fantasy year. Right. Uh, so, you know, and you can probably get him at a poor human being discount in fantasy football leagues if that's if that's your flavor. So uh, I do love me some uh, some discounts. I do love me some uh, some questionable decision making discounts. I mean, I I mean, I'm I won't I won't I, you know, I don't, I don't want to make people mad, so I'm not going to smile when I say it or anything. But yes, you know, when when Tyreek Hill was going when you could get Tyreek Hill, I acquired Tyreek Hill for a third round rookie pick in multiple leagues. What's that now? What's it? A few years back, remember when Tyreek Hill had, you know, those his incident where, you know, uh, you know, issues with his uh, significant other. Oh, know, right, so, right, 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 uh, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a couple of years ago when he was going to be a free agent with Kansas City. Uh, you know, he was going for That's nothing, awesome. literally nothing. Free agent fab dollars I saw in leagues. You know, That's uh, hilarious. I'm about NFL, to trade Tom Brady for three bucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably good. Tom Brady, I don't think he's coming back. So you can probably get anything you can get for him. But yeah, three um, bucks. Yeah, uh, the Dynasty fans football community is quick to react. Uh, and then the NFL does not, you know, if it's a great player, the NFL's probably going to bring him back unless it was, you know, really, you know, we've seen what Deshaun, they're willing to do with Deshaun Lawson. So I would be willing to bet, uh, you know, that he'll, he'll be getting back to normal. Those, uh, you know, at least, you know, low quarterback one numbers, in my opinion. So we will see about that. Uh, but yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, low-end wide receiver three, and or you know mid-tier wide receiver three, in my opinion. Um, next up here, I have Jacoby Myers. Uh, yeah, just a uh, just chugging along, Jacoby Myers. You know, this was was a seventh-round pick or undrafted? Can't I don't remember. remember. Uh, yeah, one one of those two. He was like a seventh-round pick, or I think he was undrafted. I think he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, yeah, twenty-five percent target share last year. Wide receiver 28, 2022 wide receiver thirty in uh in 2021 29th of fantasy points per game not a real not a great athlete does you know kind of pretty poor athlete in most measurables but we're very reliable target uh patriot you know 
Patriots would be behooved to bring him back. They don't have a lot of weapons, but the Giants have also been a very, uh, I've heard rumored quite a bit, mm -hmm. that would be a nice target for Daniel Jones, especially considering who he was throwing to most of this year. You know, what, what's your opinions? What do you know? Do you have any favorite spots, landing spots for him? You know, what's your fantasy outlook for him as well? My favorite spot, most likely he'll probably come back to the Pats, but if he was going somewhere else, I'd like the Ravens. I think he could be a star on the Ravens. Uh, very good fit for the run blocking scheme. Obviously, they're still going to run the ball a lot similar to what he's been dealing with in uh, in New England. But I feel like he could be like the the top guy there. And I feel like going from Mac Jones to Lamar Jackson, it would be a breath of fresh air. That's a, you know, that's an interesting one. I think that that's a great real life fit. I don't know if, mm -hmm. you know, fantasy that, you know, I don't know if he's going to be super, you know, he'd be boom and bust, you know, a little bit with sure. Lamar Jackson, in well, my opinion. Yeah. You know, fantasy, I, I think we all, we all want to see him go to the bills. You know, I, I, oh, I've well, heard yeah. that rumored as well. Oh, that, that would be interesting. That would be a stat, you know, kind of a little division rival getting a stab in the back and also, again, uh, upping a, you know, the Bills are dying for another wide receiver. You know, Gabriel mm -hmm. Davis did not <coughs> step up behind Stephon Diggs. So I know the uh, Bills will be looking to upgrade that position this year. Uh, next up, I have uh, Al Mazard. Mm. Uh, yeah, just another guy, not not a great athlete, productive, had productive weeks that last year out of necessity. 34th in fantasy points per game, though, and immediately when Christian Watson <coughs> came back healthy at the end of last season, immediately became the wide receiver one in the offense. Um, mm -hmm. He is quoted at saying he's excited to enter free agency, but the Packers are also um, – I also just read that they are talking about a new contract. So hmm. maybe – yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 did, I just read that this morning, actually, when I was doing a little prep for the show. Uh, mm -hmm. I noticed I, – I thought he maybe was on his way out the door, but I – you know, recent – you know, in the last day or two, there's some uh, articles suggesting that Alan Lazard and, and the Packers are working on a contract. So, you know, that would surprise me. Yeah. I just same. don't – I just don't know if, you know, he just – it kind of ended a little bit on a sour note and you know, how's, how's it going to get better than with Aaron Rodgers in a completely wide open offense? You know what I mean? Right. So it's hard to see him getting better, you know, than his low wide receiver three, but do you see any, gonna, do you I'm sorry. He, I'm just trying to ponder to myself. What are they going to offer him? Like what, like I, I don't know. That's, that's a very weird situation. I, I was in the same, same boat. Like I thought he was all but gone. Yeah. And to, to me, the only reason he would stay is if he goes to the the third option that I wrote down, I wrote down Bills, Browns, follow Aaron Rodgers. That's the only way I could see him staying with the Packers if Aaron Rodgers stays and then he signs, you know, a team friendly contract. Like, I don't think Rodgers loves him. I don't, I don't think Rodgers really? is going to be like, get me Alan Lazard. Oh you no, think so? I don't. I think it's quite the contrary. They are they're like really good friends off the field. Yeah, like oh, they live together. Oh, this yeah, is why Alan we brought Lazard. you on the show today. Yeah, yeah, Alan Lazard lived with Aaron Rodgers, kind of like a la uh, A.B. and Tom Brady, A.B. and T.B., you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, 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 he, he lived with them when I think he was dating. That's how we do the measurables with Aaron Rodgers, who, who he was dating, what drugs he was on. Um, he's, he's, he's done pretty well, you know, especially when he was dating that the, the actress. What was I her, think what it was, was before the actress. I think it was just before. Her, was, she, I think she, it was. She, he was doing I, I well. He, he shouldn't let that one go. She, she, she's a, she's a good actress, and you know. That yeah, but he was hanging around with Miles Teller too much because of that crazy chick. So I was I was out on that. Miles, you get Aaron Rodgers five hundred yards away from Miles Teller. Miles Teller's is an Eagles fan, and he's shitting on every fantasy football analyst because we're nerds and we don't have any passion for our home teams. Fucking psycho. Uh, go lift some That's weights. Funny. You know what I mean? 
no, with, well, back to Alan Lazard here, getting a little off off base here. Uh, I feel like, yeah, again, I I still feel like he's all but out the door. I I don't know what type of due diligence that they're going to do. Again, Alan Lazard. Let's say Aaron Rodgers walks, like him, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubes, the Jordan Love, and a run first offense. I don't love it. I don't I don't like that at all. I feel like if he goes to the two teams that I wrote down, the Bills or the Browns, who need a receiver that played in cold weather, and they get a guy that can play mediocre receiver and play in cold weather, match made in paradise. Man, I'll tell you, it actually makes me – actually, the, the narrative you just told me that that Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard actually are really good friends and they, they live together for a while is actually makes me even more discouraged on Alan Lazard because – he, we had the breakfast narrative too. We had the we had the Cooper Cup Matthew Stafford breakfast narrative with those two, and it still didn't work. Man, right. that, that's even more concerning. I'm even more out, out on Alan Lazard now than I was before. So I just Damn. don't see a scenario that like even if he went to the he's not better than. I mean, I know Gabriel Davis. I, is he better than Gabriel Davis? I don't think so. I mean, maybe. maybe. I don't think if, that he's better than Gabriel Davis, but. Gabriel Gabriel Davis is a deep threat receiver, right? His average uh, reception was like over 17 yards this season. He's a field breaker. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. He's a field breaker. He's absolutely better. And that's why he's, you know, he has a a demand around this league. Like if they wanted to move him, they would, they would get a big haul because you and I have talked about this before. These field breakers are just huge in the NFL right now, pass interference, opening up the deep ball, um, establishing, you know, just efficient targets um, at a lower yeah, ADOP, so you right? Have, you have to take like a defender. You have to take one or two defenders 40 yards exactly. downfield with them, you know what I mean? Exactly. So. But what they are in need of is someone that can, you know, clean up with a lower ADOT, right? Like Stefan Diggs, yeah, he's their A1 guy, but we also saw a stretch of him going on a, on a bad run down the, the back end of the year, right? Like he was a little bit disappointing for Pokes, folks excuse me that were trying to get in to the fantasy playoffs he, he did just fine in the fantasy playoffs but you know for folks that were on the bubble he was not very helpful um i still think that like you had already said like they need somebody there again like a, a lazard uh even like a brandon cooks like these are guys that we know can play in cold weather and they can offer supplemental type of production they don't need to be the best receiver when they come in but they will be a good add to the playbook the system etc you know, yeah, he kind of fits that Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, kind of like just a possession guy who's not going to get a lot of money. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I think, you know, just if he goes somewhere good, he might have wide receiver three upside. You know, if you're starting, you have a few wide receiver positions and a couple flex positions in your dynasty league, you know, Alan Lazard could, could have some value still. Uh, last guy up, we'll just do, you know, real quick before we dive into the tight ends real quick. Uh, DJ Shark, you know. With Detroit last year, three big games down the stretch. Has a thousand yard season, but he's missed 21 games over the last three years. You know, mm-hmm. this guy is an elite athlete. Uh, you know, four, four, three, four, 40 yard dash, 97% speed score. Uh, you know, this guy will pro- is going to, you know, not, not extremely productive, but a guy who actually commands a good amount of money in free agency just for the fact of what he, you know, does downfield, know how he opens up the offense. Rumored to potentially could come back to Detroit, but, uh, Jamison Williams kind of fits in the same mold as him. So, you know, it might not behoove Detroit to bring back both guys, you know, considering right. that they kind of do the same thing. Um, Ravens and Cowboys, I also saw as potential destinations as well. Any of those intrigue you, or do you have a favorite? I like Myers over Chark with the Ravens. Again, I just think he's a better fit for the offense okay. and what they do. Uh, who was the other one you had mentioned? The Cowboys? Cowboys. Cowboys, that, that could be interesting. That could be interesting because I'm not on the – you and I have discussed this before. I'm not in the Mike, Michael Gallup uh, – bus i feel like he's gonna get cut 
And that same amount of money could be just as well spent on DJ Chark. I like that. The teams that I wrote down are uh, Chicago, obviously very hungry at the position. The Texans, I think that they will move on from Brandon Cooks and they'll have a big opening there. I think DJ Chark, uh, going back to that division, again, kind of poo-pooing on uh, the Jaguars a little bit where he didn't get the fairest shake. Uh, And then I have the Cardinals who are going to need to supplement, again, DeAndre Hopkins opening up and A.J. Green retiring as well. I feel like he kind of fits a little bit of what both of those guys can do, obviously at a much lesser level, but what they need from that position to really open up the field, I think he could you know, fill in well there. I like I like that too. You know, that would be interesting. You know, DJ Shark's not a guy, you know, probably on that wide receiver five territory and dynasty, maybe potential for a wide receiver four season. You know, if you have a lot mm-hmm. of flex positions, DJ Shark is an intriguing option. We saw, you know, he had definitely had, you know, only played, you know, missed about seven, six, seven games in the middle of last season. But when he came back, he had some really strong performances. Um, we will finish up though with three tight ends. Um, leading off here, I have, you know, it's one of my sleepers this offseason, you know, uh, Mike Jacecki, you know, and I think the story can just be told mm-hmm. in a couple of stats what happened to Mike Jacecki in 2022. Uh, he was 16th in snap and uh, slot snaps last year after being first in 2021, second in 2020, and third in 2019. Route participation went from 79% in 2021 to just 56% last season. Uh, yeah, 29th in fantasy points per game last year. So I think, you know, just that – Dolphins just, you know, the way that the offense shifted, he was not going to be used. Any, he, they, they wanted to use him. They wanted George Kittle. Mike McDaniels wanted a, you know, somebody who's blocking out there, who who does a little bit of everything. Mike Jacecki is a receiving tight end, not mm-hmm. much of a blocker, uh, but he is a free agent. He, you know, this is, you know, he's an elite athlete, you know, in almost every metric, you know, Mike Jacecki does very well. So, you know, he's somebody who we in fantasy, you know, when looking at tight, the tight end position, you know, at, you know, it's generally the athletes that are producing, you know, for fantasy purposes, mm-hmm. a tight end, you know, there are some exceptions with Dalton Schultz and Pat Fryermuth, but for the most part, you're looking for those elite athletes. And Mike Jacecki is one of those players, uh, potential destinations, uh, the Panthers. And I really like uh, the giants, you know, getting uh, Daniel wow. Jones, another fast receiving option, kind of, you know, in that Evan Ingram mold, maybe that he uses, uh, Hopefully he's used a bit more though. So do you have any potential uh, destinations? Do you, you see Mike Jacecki having any kind of bounce back season this year? I got to ask you first though, do you have a third option written down? I did not have a third option written down. Well, I have three written down and my first two were Giants and Carolina. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. go. Yeah. On the, on the same page here. I mean, it's a very thirsty position right now in the NFL. Like pretty much every team other than the Vikings could take a tight end in the NFC North right now. Like, Detroit just lost Hawkinson to the Vikings. The Bears need somebody uh, with Cole Komet. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they need somebody other than Bob Tanyan. Uh, I like the Giants. I like the Carolina. Both are needy. Both are thirsty at the position. Both have some cap to spend. The third team that I wrote down, uh, it sounds like Hayden Hurst might be a potential cap casualty. I like the Bengals. Uh, I think that that they might be able to get him at a discount if they have to somehow say goodbye to T. Higgins and they bring back uh, Tyler Boyd. Gasecki and Chase, uh, that that might not be so bad. You know, it yeah. might not be so bad. And I like that. The Bengals are at the sixth highest cap right now. Kind of random. I didn't think they were that high. So they could. They. I don't think they'll be aggressive, but I think that they could get him at a, at a friendlier contract coming well, in. The Bengals. The Bengals are about to spend all that money, and they won't unfortunately be acquiring any new players for it either. <laughs> yeah, that so makes sense. They. I mean. I, I mean. They've had. They've had the the mold to make runs in back to back years. So. I would yeah. Yeah, keep doing and, what, and they're, keep they're, going with what you got, and the, you know this will be this will be the Bengals. 
even if they sign everybody this year, it's still just going to be extensions. So the Bengals will mm-hmm. have this season to, you know, kind of in that cheat code, not paying Joe Burrow, not paying Jamar Chase, not paying T. Higgins. You know, that's the benefit of drafting very well, you know, so they, they mm-hmm. earned it. They, you know, they drafted very well and they don't have to pay their young talent quite a bit, but it is just around the corner and that'll start kicking in likely in 2024 a bit. Um, next up I have here is Dalton Schultz. Unlike, Unlike the other two that we're talking about today, Dalton Schultz is not a great athlete. Uh, 16th in dot, mm-hmm. uh, 30th in target separation, you know, but he is entering the prime of his career. Um, you know, I always tend to think that, especially for a guy like Dalton Schultz, the best bet, you know, the best thing for his fantasy value would be to return to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I was, you know, as I was doing prep for the show and kind of reading the, the recent tea leaves, it is suggested that the Cowboys are unlikely to sign Dalton Schultz again, but I still think they've you know, got they, no money. You know, the, yeah, the things always change though. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, mm-hmm. the Cowboys are a potential destination Colts as well. I've seen mentioned that could be, a, you know, depending on who's a quarterback. And of course uh, the most likely kind of one right now, the kind of linked is to the chargers due to the Kellen Moore connection. Who's their new offensive yeah. coordinator. Um, you know, potentially giving Justin Herbert another target to throw to. You you cringe at all those options. You know, so no, none I, of those no, just to, just to, just following Kellen Moore to the Chargers. Like, I mean, you and I, we do not work in the NFL, but Gerald Everett or Dalton Schultz, go. Okay, all right, I I I'm not going to agree with you here. I I would definitely say Dalton Schultz. I mean, I oh really? Okay, absolutely. all right, yeah. I, I, I mean, we just got done saying he wasn't an athlete. Like you look at Gerald Everett, dude's an athlete. Like I mean, oh, Gerald Everett, yeah. Gerald Everett, closer playing to wide receiver than Dalton Schultz, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, production has to come into it. Dalton Schultz's been good. Now, I do, I have compared it. Yeah, to but Austin. Gerald Everett's been buried on his rosters. Like he hasn't had a he hasn't had a fair shake as like a top target on his team. Last year, he kind of got a fair shake. I mean, Mike Mike Williams and Keenan Allen missed significant portions last it's season. True. It's true. And um, and you know, Dalton Schultz has been. You know, he deserves the benefit of the doubt. He has been. I compare it to Austin Hooper, though. I do agree. You know, he was like, you know, when Austin Hooper left the Falcons. When he mm-hmm. left the Falcons, he I think what he had a huge season with the Falcons. Uh, you know, at least he had a huge he, season, and then yeah, nothing. So this is kind of what I'm talking about: possession tight end, not a great athlete. Um, right. So I could see. I don't know if I see him taking that big of a fall, but uh, yeah, I, I just take, I just feel like with this market right now, like why I just don't know why you would want to follow Kellen Moore. It's just, again, a unilateral move. You don't know what that offense will look like. I mean, even if they got off of Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett, you're still going to have Austin Eckler there demanding the ball every other touch. They would still go out and get other weapons. It wouldn't be like he would be the top guy. I just I just don't like following Kellen Moore. That's that's the only part that I could. Where, 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 where would you see, like, where would get you excited for Dalton Schultz next season? I would, again, they, anywhere in the NFC North, bro, it's wide open. Those teams have money. They'll pay you. Like, the Lions have a big need. The Bears have a big need. The Packers have a big need. Um, I mean, shit, we go around the whole league. I mean, you could throw him in with Dawson Knox in Buffalo as a double tight end set. If you want to buy in on the Kansas City Chiefs, Someone's got to replace Travis Kelsey in a couple of years. Another another team where I could see double tight end sets being like the new thing again. Uh, I don't love Logan Thomas with the commanders. Again, like these are situations where, again, like there is a tight end there, but I think that he could be better than what they have or at least be another weapon in the offense. Uh, okay. Gosh, I'm just, I'm just running around the board here. Uh don't hate the Broncos either. Obviously, Greg Dolchich, he's going to be a sophomore, still a little now bit that, younger. Now that- 
That would be somewhere I would not want to touch if I was Dalton Schultz. I don't know if he wants that smoke trying to go up against Greg Dulcich uh, in, on the depth chart. I uh, mean, don't get me wrong. What what we've seen Sean Payton do with the tight end position is, is pretty damn good, a la Jimmy Graham. So give me we'll any see. athlete down there. Yeah, like I said, yeah, that's a different class of athlete, though. So I, I, I you know, we'll see. He's probably, you know, he's going to chase that money, I'm sure. Um, so it'll be dependent on who wants to pay him. But there there will be a market. You know, anytime you test free agency and you, you're a good player, you know, you'll get paid by somebody likely. So mm-hmm. good for him, nonetheless. And last up, the last player we'll be talking about today is uh, Evan Ingram. You know, this is back to it. Elite athlete, 100th percentile on the 40-yard dash, 97th percentile speed score, 87th mm-hmm. percentile burst score, 90th percentile agility, 93rd catch radius. I mean, in the 90th to high 80s in every uh, category. Not a spring chicken anymore, though. 29 years old in 2023. Number one slot snap, slot snaps last year. Uh, relished in the role with Jacksonville. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, had some issues with drops, maybe a little bit toward the beginning of the season, but uh, really came on strong at the end of the year. Uh, but man, he was he had a great. He was the tight end five this last season. Tight end five in 2017, his rookie season. A lot of middling, injured, injury riddled years production for a few years there right but uh, yeah he's free agent this year discussed he wants to come back trevor lawrence is petitioning for him to return to jacksonville but we will uh we will see calvin ridley probably in a jacksonville uniform this year as well so mm-hmm. that clouds up the target situation a little bit um i didn't really have another you know i haven't I, you know i was trying to dive in try to find another option for evan ingram you know not one hasn't emerged for him yet but you know some of the options we've discussed already like you said the nfc north well be tight end hungry. You know, do you have any, you know, I know you're going to say that the NFC North and all those, you know, would be great fits for him. Probably any other potential destinations. I didn't put those teams down for him just because again, I'd, I'd kind of already listed them. I knew that we were going to run through them. So of course they should be on the table as well. Uh, Bears have a ton of cap if they want to spend money on them. I don't think that they will. Uh, I have down the Jags returning. I think that's the best scenario. It's a very deep talent group. You're going to be playing again alongside Christian Kirk, who you're already comfortable with this past season. You have both. I don't know if, if Marvin Jones is coming back, but you still have Zay Jones there. You're adding Calvin Ridley. You have Travis Etienne. It's a great, great offense to be a part of, and he doesn't have to be, you know, like this, like big, like concentration on the on the defense, right? Like he doesn't have to be accounted for with any severity. So I don't think that he should go to a team where he's going to be more exposed to uh, to more coverage. So I went with the Cowboys and the Seahawks behind the Jaguars if he does not return. Cowboys, again, would be hungry from a Dalton Schultz exit. I would not hate if they cleared cap to you know to make a move on him or get a team-friendly deal. But again, in that situation, he would be more included and be more exposed uh, to de- defensive coverage. And then the Seahawks, I just thought was kind of, obviously it's a downgrade at the quarterback from Trevor Lawrence to Geno Smith, but I felt like the comp was actually kind of comparable to the situation um, in Jacksonville because you have two really good receivers and Metcalf and Lockett. You have an, uh, a strong up-and-coming running back in Kenneth Walker, and then he would kind of be that next guy, you know, and he's a little bit – he's not like high exposure rate to the defense, but at the same time, like, he would be kind of hidden behind those three heavy hitters. I think that would be a good fit there. And the season that we just saw from Geno Smith – um, his completion rate and how accurate he was, I think that that would be a good match for obviously a Evan Ingram who has been, you know, woeful, we'll say, dropping the ball in the past. Yes, that was an issue. And, you know, it, it did emerge last season too. So, you know, 
there's always a risk, you know, especially with tight ends, that that was his best we'll see from Evan Ingram. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, it's going to be hard for him to do that again. Um, I, you know, I don't want to take the risk at nearly tight end five, but that's not really where he's going in draft. He's going as a low tight end one. So, you know, I think that's yeah. properly ranked. So I'm, I'm fine getting some Evan Ingram. I think he's what tight end 10, maybe on underdog fantasy. So not a bad price tag round nine or 10 or so. So, but that that's it. We wrapped up the free agency period. You know, those are some of the bigger names. Obviously there's, there's a lot more intriguing fantasy options and, you know, I'm here in dynasty fantasy football leagues. You'll want to be paying close attention, you know, trying to uh, get a leg up on the rest of your league mates. So hopefully we gave you some actionable information, uh, but yes, be on the lookout for more content from SGPN. We'll be doing a lot of uh, rookie content this year. Of course, Dave Heilman's all over that on YouTube and everything, which of course, if you wouldn't mind giving us a little subscribe, right, you know, writing a review, you know, giving us a rating, wherever you're listening to, we'd really appreciate it. Justin, you got anything going on this week? No, no. Getting out articles. Uh, we're going to be hitting uh, March this week. So we got a couple of weeks here until uh, free agency kicks off. Um, so yeah, I'll be, you know, getting down doing some, some chance and some Yahweh stuff to, you know, bring on the good juju for, uh, for the bears. I, yeah, this is Christmas for the bears. You know, it's been coming for a year. You set up for this. So enjoy it. Enjoy spending that money. Hopefully you get some nice players for Justin Fields to, to work with, uh, number one pick in the draft too. So the, yes, of course, this is a big off season for you. Uh, I hope I hope it turns out well for you. I hope I hope you get a haul for the first for the first pick. Uh, hopefully that'd be the ideal scenario for you. I'm sure that would be that would be. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, one of these trades. That oh I just yes, played. yes, I, gotta, I remember. You I got to ask you about uh, your Jalen Hurts check in. So I traded Jalen Hurts for okay. three firsts, uh, two seconds, okay. and two thirds. What where where the what, what kind of firsts are we talking about? Uh, one hundred six. I already had the one hundred four. All right. Uh, then the first are just next year, like the following sub sequential year. So 2024 two, two, first, tw- uh, two 2024 first or 125, 124, 125, 106. And 106. Okay. And okay. That is, that's tough a second, because a second this year, a second next year, uh, third next year, third, 2025 thirds aren't really that important. It's close. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't love always pushing like, do I think, I think in three years, I think this, this trade is going to look good. It's probably going to look good for you. I don't, I don't like waiting that long for my return. I, I don't typically, you know what I mean? I don't like, you know, 2025 is a long ways away still. So, you know, 2025 off season, I think you're going to be like, you know, you look back and be like, Oh man, I got a nice haul for Jalen hurts, but I don't like waiting two years for that. So, you know, I sure. would want three first. You know, if I got 224 first, I would be really mm-hmm. excited about this trade. You know, then then I'd be like, oh, now we're cooking with gas. But, you know, that has me a little bit more thinking it's pretty even. That's pretty fair value for uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, that's still, you know, you, you, you got a haul for him. So that's nice. You know, that 2024 first is going to be good. You know, 2025, I haven't read up on that class. I'm not familiar with the 2025 class particularly yet. Mm-hmm. So we will see, but um, <clears throat> this was uh this was my, my worst dynasty team. So I mentioned, I already had the one Oh four. That's the best pick that I had. All and right. Well, I, and honestly, this, this uh, team in particular was kind of uh, like an alt team. I've never, I never started the draft with two quarterbacks uh, in, a, in a startup. I went like back to back Lamar Jackson, Jalen hurts. So I kind of like knew from the start, like, ah, oh, this is going to be a project. You know, this is going to be kind of a wonky season because I didn't really get any of these top guys. It's all I'll be I'll be all good. It's a weird it's a weird league too. Like we have like two IDP spots, like just two. Mm, interesting. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird. But 
uh, you know, I, I caught some slack for it on the on the Twitter machine. No big deal. But I just thought it was funny for the people that were just like, it's not enough. It's not enough. Like, like, bro, like the perfect storm that people are like detailing is like five first round picks and three seconds. And like, it's just not going to happen. But I that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, in the most perfect ideal situation, yes, I would be able to target a team that has already acquired like at a massive accumulation of picks, right? Like I, that would be I, the most ideal situation. That just doesn't happen ever, in every league. I saw I sold Patrick Mahomes for four twenty three firsts and uh, and a second in one of my league, leagues. So, and, uh, so in so when this person said that, I, I shared my Patrick Mahomes acquirement trade. Let me pull it up here um, because that one, like, if if they're saying that five firsts and three seconds for Jalen Hurts is you know, adequate than what I got getting what I traded to get Derek Carr. I'm sorry, Derek Carr. What I traded to get uh, Mahomes. Why can't I find it? Um, would have been an absolute steal. It was Derek Carr. It was Brees Hall. It was Tim Patrick. And then just like not important oh, yeah. picks. Uh, oh, man, that is rough. That, that, that's, yeah. a bad, that's a bad trade for whoever sold Patrick Mahomes for that. Oh, ouch. I'm trying to find it. I know it was. Like a first for next year, a second for next year, a third for next year, but it was like I don't even think there was a first for this upcoming season. I think, like I said, the big issue I think people have with your trade is likely that you know that twenty-five first is so far away. You know, it's not necessarily bad value, just that you know you have to wait a little while for that return. Right. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't typically, I, I, I don't like to touch my picks uh, farther than one year out. I don't like to trade my picks that are two years out, and I don't like to. I don't usually acquire like unless I was unless they're looking to acquire a player that I don't really care about. And I think it's a bargain right. selling him for a first round pick and they're just they're willy nilly throwing away their first picks or something like that. I typically don't acquire picks that future out either. But uh, yeah, here it is. So it was Carr, Tim Patrick, Brees Hall, obviously like the best asset in the trade for sure. Brees Hall. And then a, a 2023 second, a 2023 third. That's mm-hmm. it. That's bad. And then bad a trade. 2024 first, 2024 second, 2024 third. Like, mind blown. Yeah, that's that's two quarters, a couple dimes, a few nickels, and five yeah, pennies that's what I'm for, for Patrick that's Mahomes. What I'm yeah. that's like, you know, <laughs> everyone always wants to call it out. There was uh, last year I did, I traded Joe Burrow and what was it, two seconds for Patrick Mahomes, two firsts, and Leonard Fournette. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. Repeat what you just said to me. Joe Burrow, two seconds. Okay. For my Patrick Mahomes, two firsts and Leonard, or I'm sorry, other way around. I got, I got Burrow and Leonard Fournette, two firsts. Okay. About Patrick Mahomes in two seconds. Uh, That's that's where I was just like, I was like, repeat what you just said to me. I was just like, I was just like, you, you got, I was like, you sold Burrow for Mahomes plus. I was just like, I was like, hold on. Well, I got two first round picks. I got a running back, and I got Burrow, and that's in a twenty team league. So, like, that's like those those picks were a little bit more valuable. That makes sense. Okay, all right, now, all right. I just like I was freaking out. I was like, wait a minute, Burrow's was worth more than Mahomes at one point. Like, okay, all right, all right. He was apparently to this guy. (laughs) Um, That's crazy, but yeah, good for you. Um, With that, we will end it though. Um, It was fantastic being joined by Justin again. We will be back next Sunday talking about something I haven't decided yet, but it'll be something. It'll be pertinent to the dynasty offseason. You can count on that. So we will see you then. Have I guess a it'll great be uh, the combine. Combine. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's what we're talking about next week. Because that's what's <laughs> happening this week. Combine. I lose track of time. Here we go. Combine next week. 
Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care.